Welcome to the podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais, where we'll discuss the latest and simplest legal strategies and tactics available for you to protect your estate for yourself and your family, all in easy to understand terms. It's all about protecting your estate now, so you and your loved ones can reap the benefits later. And now your host, estate planning attorney, Paul Rabelais. All right, guys. So in this podcast, we'll talk about what's with the five-year rule for long-term care Medicaid. Hey, everybody. I'm Paul Rabelais. I'm an estate planning attorney, and uh, this is probably the most prevalent estate planning issue of the day for middle-class America. Uh, So many people come into our office and they want to find out, you know, how they can protect what they have because they're worried. They worry because their mother or father or neighbor or aunt or uncle or friend went into a nursing home and um, people watch others have to spend their entire life savings and ultimately lose the home um, due to nursing home costs. And yet, um, everybody pretty much says the same thing about nursing homes. I don't want to live in a nursing home. I don't like nursing homes. Uh, I would prefer to stay at my home. I'd, I'd prefer to pass away in my sleep. Nursing homes are awful. And then they always, um, after that state, but you never know, you know, what might happen. And so here in America and here in Louisiana, where I am, um, just the general rule is, you know, private health insurance and Medicare that um, many, many people have, it doesn't pay for long-term care uh, in a nursing home facility. So um, people are left with basically two options to cover that expense. Either they've got to pay for it out of their own pocket, and for those who pay for it out of their own pocket, they're either using their own money and their own savings, or perhaps they had long-term care insurance and, uh, and they start using those benefits. But under either, either one of those scenarios where they're paying for it privately or they're using long-term care insurance to pay for it, they're going to be a private pay person in the nursing home. And so the other option is Medicaid, which sounds kind of like Medicare. They both start M-E-D-I-C, but they're different. So uh, Medicare is, you know, health insurance for people 65 and older. It it doesn't cover long-term care in a nursing home, that skilled long-term care. So either a person is private pay or or they're on Medicaid. And uh, most people know the basics. Most people, not everybody, understands that if somebody goes into a nursing home and they have more than $2,000 of assets in their name, and we'd have to define assets, um, then they're not going to qualify for Medicaid. They've got to, you know, they're going to be a private pay patient. They've got to spend maybe $6,000 a month on their care, maybe more if it's a married couple in the nursing home together. They're going to be putting out maybe twelve to fifteen thousand dollar, twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a month, until they essentially spend everything they have. Yes, most people know the home is exempt. Most people don't realize that even though the home is not counted, um, when a Medicaid recipient dies, if they still own that home, then Medicaid has a lien on the estate of which the home is in. 
So essentially the home must be sold to repay Medicaid for whatever Medicaid spent on that Medicaid recipient. So home is exempt during your lifetime, but they get it when you die, essentially. And most people have some understanding that you can't, right before you go to a nursing home, just take out take everything out of your name so that you don't have $2,000 or more in your name. Most people realize you can't do that right at the last minute. So now we got to get into what what are the rules about transferring assets out of your name? What is the deal with the five-year rule? And just to give you a little history, oh, maybe 20 years ago, and I'm a big maybe. Uh, you feel free to correct me on the comments if you want to, but um, many years ago, it was a two-year rule, and then it became a two-and-a-half-year rule, and then it became a three-year rule. It was three years for transfers to individuals, five years to transfers uh, for transfers to certain trusts. Now it's just a flat-out five-year rule for all transfers. So um, most people, if they go to a nursing home, they would prefer, for obvious reasons, to have Medicaid pay for their nursing home care rather than have to pay for it out of their own pocket. But in order for Medicaid to pay for it, You've got to meet your state's Medicaid definition of got to be poor. Um, and so to qualify under the Medicaid definitions, you can only have $2,000 of countable resources. And uh, countable resources typically are things like money in the bank, could be in a checking account, a savings account, could be a certificate of deposit or CD, could be investments. Maybe you own some stock or bonds or mutual funds or other investments. Maybe you have an IRA or retirement account. Maybe you own some real estate that's not your home. That's a countable resource. Maybe you have an ownership interest in, in some business or some limited liability company, also known as LLC. All those things I just mentioned are countable, countable resources. And if you have more than $2,000 of countable resources, you won't qualify for Medicaid until you convert all of those things to cash by selling them for fair market value and then spending all of that cash. Now, I keep saying $2,000. There's a different rule when married couples go in there together. The limit's $3,000. There's a different rule for a married couple, one spouse in the nursing home, one still at home. Uh, that spouse who's at home can have the community spouse resource allowance. More on that in other videos that I've made. But let's move on to the five-year rule. And, you know, some people, when they hear what you've heard so far on this podcast, some people might say, hey, I got an idea. Let's put everything in the kids' names. And they think it's kind of that easy. Um, they, you know, they start panicking. You know, dad has a stroke overnight and mom starts to panic because she knows he's going to be in the nursing home and he's not coming home. So she's like, okay, now we got to do something. But unfortunately, for reasons we're going to talk about, at that point, it's likely to be too late. So I, I, I just, doing this for 30 years, I, I think that the public just doesn't realize how many rules exist and how particular the rules are, but you can trust me or not trust me, the rules are, are voluminous. And so in my hand, I'm, I'm holding 
just the one little piece of our Louisiana Medicaid eligibility manual that addresses the transfer of resources for less than fair market value. It's, it's 25 pages long. So, um, and, and, you know, in the very first sentence of those 25 pages, it says an individual who is applying for or approved for long-term care may not be eligible for payment of nursing home cost if they, their spouse, or someone else acting on their behalf gives away or sells an asset for less than fair market value. So that's the beginning of the 25 pages of rules for what is or isn't a transfer. And then it goes on in the Medicaid manual to talk about what are the definitions regarding transfers. It talks about what is a transfer. It talks about some of the exceptions to the application of the transfer of asset penalties. It talks about the penalty period. What is the penalty for making uh, transfers of resources. And then it even goes on to talk about the return of transferred resources. Oh, I gave it, but I want it back. So here's the deal. If when someone goes into a nursing home and they apply for Medicaid, you don't really apply for long-term care Medicaid unless you're in the nursing home. Um, if they had made transfers more than five years prior to the Medicaid application, then those assets that had been transferred more than five years prior to the Medicaid application are in what the public terms or what the public uses, you know, these terms, I would say those assets are protected. That's what people like to say. How can we protect our assets? Now, if transfers were made within the previous 60 months. 60 months equals five years, same thing. If transfers were made within the previous 60 months, then the family has a decision to make. And basically, have, they have to make one of three decisions. And this is when somebody goes into a nursing home and they've made transfers within the previous 60 months. Decision to make, one of three decisions. Don't apply for Medicaid because if you apply, all these penalty periods will be assessed and you may have to wait up to 60 months to be eligible for Medicaid. So uh, sometimes the decision that families make is don't apply for Medicaid, wait until after the 60 months after the transfers had been made, wait for that period to run and then apply for Medicaid. So when would that option be used? That option would be used when someone had made transfers 58 months earlier and now they're going into the nursing home, what they will likely do, and, and the value of the transfers could have some impact on this decision, but under typical circumstances, that individual will not apply for Medicaid. They'll just wait two more months. And then if they just private pay for two months, um, maybe using the resources that were transferred, if those resources still exist in the recipient's hands, um, then they wait the 60 months, apply for Medicaid, apply for Medicaid two months after the 58 months had passed. Second option they have is to apply for Medicaid, realizing that they're going to be denied, and then they wait out the penalty period. So if uh, dad had made transfers of $40,000 
And then maybe three months after it, dad had a stroke. He goes into the nursing home. He could apply for Medicaid. They'll ask him, have you made any transfers in the previous 60 months? Yeah, three months ago, I transferred $40,000 to my daughter. They'll say, well, you're denied. And they'll apply a mathematical calculation. They'll, they'll, that mathematical calculation will be the amount of the resources transferred, $40,000, divided by Louisiana's applicable rate, monthly rate, $5,000. And they'll tell dad, okay, you're ineligible for the next eight months. Come back. You know, uh, pay for your own nursing home services from however you can get the money. It's not our problem, Medicaid will say. But you're ineligible for Medicaid for the next eight, eight months. If you're going to be here, we need to check every month. But in eight months, you'll qualify. And then a third option that people will have if they go into a nursing home, having made transfers within the previous six months, is um, they could have the recipient return the transferred, re transferred resources to the Medicaid applicant and then spend down the res necessary resources to get them to the appropriate limit. All these things I could speak on for hours. It's often not simple. And I feel like what I just went over, um, what the three options are when someone goes into a nursing home and they had made transfers in the previous 60 months. I didn't tell you enough to be able to make good decisions. You gotta go out there and get good help. Here's a couple of other points about the five-year rule. So if you're going to transfer assets out of your name, you'll likely either transfer them to individuals. Many people make a decision to transfer assets to their children, or they'll transfer assets to a very particular type of trust that was likely set up so that um, the assets in the trust are not considered your accountable resources anymore. Most people, upon a thorough analysis of both of those options, end up transferring assets to a trust generally for two reasons. The first reason is a control reason. If you transfer assets to your kids, you, you have no control over those assets after you transfer them. Uh, bad things can happen, whether it's relationships or divorces or deaths or bankruptcies or whatever. And if you transfer them to a trust, another complicated area, but in general, you can uh, exercise more control over those assets in a trust than uh, if you just transfer them to multiple individuals. Another reason people opt to transfer assets to a trust is tax reasons, and those tax reasons typically are income tax reasons and capital gains tax reasons, none of which I'm going to go into on this podcast, but um, those are uh, things that need to be considered before transfers are made. So the summary of this podcast is if, if, I, if you were to be left with one piece of information from this podcast, it would be to plan ahead while you're healthy. Um, someone's medical condition, there's so much uncertainty especially in the area of strokes and falls and broken bones, um, that you never know when there may be a need for long-term care assistance. Age-wise, what do we see? We see a lot of people, you know, in their, maybe their 60s, get serious about this kind of stuff. Um, so that's just a very generalization. Also in summary, the rules are quite complicated and you need to get good help. Good help often comes from attorneys who deal in this area on a regular basis um, and then really you know, educate yourself is the other point through 
anything you can get your hands on, whether it's whether it's podcasts like this or other written material, um, you want to get information that is specific to your state because Medicaid is a federal program administered by each particular state. So while there are federal guidelines that each state must follow, each state does have um, the ability to um, customize certain Medicaid provisions for people in their state. So five-year rule, uh, can't really protect things at the last minute. Um, many, many rules on this topic. Uh, I was talking to an individual today some people, they think they're smarter than the system. They think they're sneakier than the system. And they think they're going to get around it. One gentleman today has, has, uh, was, was talking about um, a couple of hundred thousand dollars of cash buried in the backyard. So, you know, it um, kind of shame on him uh, because that the, the reason he was doing that was to protect the cash in case he or his wife have to go into a nursing home. I envision one day if either one of them goes into a nursing home, they'll be committing Medicaid fraud. And all of our paperwork, you know, on, on Medicaid addresses that. So let me just give you, for those of you who think you can beat the system, uh, let me just give you just a couple of things that may get you to realize um, it's not that easy. And uh, in fact, it's it's criminal, I suppose. Um, so I'm holding in my other hand a Medicaid application. When, when someone goes into a nursing home and they want Medicaid to cover those expenses, they've got to complete and then, and then have approved a Medicaid uh, application and it's lengthy and and it asks you everything about everything you own all of your income all of your assets what have you done with those assets and you have to apply uh, uh, supply a lot of documentation backing up your answers question number 31 on the Louisiana long-term care Medicaid application asks have you anyone in your household or anyone acting for them given away sold or transferred ownership of an I of any item of value including but not limited to land, houses, life insurance, vehicles, or bank accounts in the past 60 months. And then you have to check yes or no. And then if you check yes, you have to uh, further provide information on what was transferred or sold. When was it transferred or sold? Who was it transferred or sold to? How much was it worth? Was anything received in return? What happened to what was received? So those are, those are just one, uh, one, a few of many questions that you have to answer. When you apply for Medicaid, you will sign a statement that you understand that you are stating that answers you gave on the application are true and correct. You sign off that if you purposely gave information that is not true or if you withheld information, you have committed fraud. So be really, really careful with that. You'll be signing a statement acknowledging all of that just to complete the Medicaid application. And then there's just a ton of documentation that you've got to further provide and then note by signing the application, you are signing a statement that says by signing this application, I am giving my permission to the state of Louisiana and its agents to verify the information given on this application. Under penalty of perjury, I certify that all information, blah, blah, blah. 
um, and and you also certify that you've read or has someone someone has read to you this rights and responsibilities um, what's it called section which I was referring to a moment ago about Medicaid fraud by purposely giving information that is not true or withholding information so serious stuff um, get good help ahead of time plan ahead um, you can listen to more podcasts that I've made on uh, on Medicaid to perhaps educate yourself further you can get a copy of my book which really just one small chapter is on Medicaid application if you're serious and you you are concerned and you have these assets you'd like to protect for yourself your family uh, if you Louisa and live in Louisiana you can contact our office 1-866-491-3884 or in another state seek out someone who's well-versed um, who you can have a really good relationship with and perhaps uh, retain their services to assist you to protect what you have by following the rules. Okay, hope that helps. I'm Paul Rabelais. Have a great day.